0: Grace Community Church, good morning. How we doing this morning? Come on now, y'all. The message I'm getting ready to bring, I'm going to need more energy than that. How are we doing this morning, Grace Community Church? All right, all right. I need y'all in the game today. I need y'all locked in. It's going to be a good one today, man. And so, uh, man, I just loved what Pastor Doug said last week, man. We have a church that is just hungry, man. I mean, that worship, man. Give it up for our worship team, man. Just taking us there, man, like. Dude, there's nothing better when, it, when, you get, when you get a church that start getting hungry for the presence of God. Man, they're going to say, man, what's the name of that church down there on I-94 Morales? Not Grace, man. They, they, they name Hungry Church over there. Man, they just hungry for what God wants to do, man. And so, man, we actually have a revival night that's coming up October 30th. Uh, at 7 p.m. man. And so if this word has been good for you, man, if you've been feeling like, man, God has been doing a work in you and you've been hungry, you've been uh, diving off into your journal, writing and everything like that, hey man, come out to a revival night. This is where we get further into God's presence, man, when we bring ourselves into his presence, man, and see what he has for us, man. Get hungry and show up. And then, like I said, I just want to put a bow on that serving opportunity because when you start seeing when the church is, is moving in transgression, when we start being uh, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ out in our community. And so that thing, November 5th, man, grab a group of people and get out there. Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Let's let the world see, because you never know. You could be raking that yard, man, and somebody may be sitting over there in that window, maybe a non-believer or whatnot, and they say, man, what is going on over there, man? What are they doing? And man, you get an opportunity to share the gospel and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So hey, man, do not miss out on anything that we got going on here at Hungry Church, y'all, right? Are we good? No, it's hey, still grace, still grace. There we go. I was trying to work it out. So, uh, if you can, if you got your Bibles, if you got your journals, man, if you can pull those out, we're going to be on page, I forgot to do that first, sir. We're going to be on page 26 through 28. And then, if you're reading in the ESV Bible, the Bible underneath your seat, if you want to, you can grab a Bible. If you don't have a physical Bible and you would like to have one, you are welcome to take this one that's underneath your seat there. Uh, we want people diving off in the Word. And so, if you need one, Take that, but open up the page 942 and stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet. Here we like to honor God by standing for the reading of the word. And uh, it's going to be a good one, y'all. It's going to be a good one today. Here we go. Somebody said amen. They ready over there. They hungry on that side over there. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, thank you, Lord. Are we ready? Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound or increase? By no means. How can we who are dead to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Say that with me. Say newness of life. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be good right there. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would— no longer be enslaved to sin. There you go. They ready. For one, for, uh, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if you have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Amen right there, huh? We could take an amen break right there. It has no dominion. For death, for the death, he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in Jesus uh, to God in Christ Jesus. Let no sin, therefore, reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will no longer have dominion over you. Somebody say, over me. Over me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you are not under the law, but under grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you're in this place. Have your way. We ready to go to town, Lord. Hey, give it to us, God, to bring about transformation, God, new life. In Christ, we thank you, we love you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we say, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen, amen. Okay, so now you can be seated, but hey, I'm gonna need some help with the title of my message today. Now, you're more than welcome to get up and you welcome, whatever this thing makes you do to help you out in the mess of my time. I just need your help with the title of my message. So, we're gonna play a video, and you do it as you please, but it's gonna be the title of my message. Y'all gonna help me out with here. Play that video for me. Now, there we go. I see somebody move back here. Yeah, come on, now, ooh, ooh, ooh. hey, Get rich. Rich. Hey. Change, hey, come on, now, there y'all. Better no find my message tonight. in here. What's the title of my message, y'all? I'm uh. star. I'm even, uh, hey, hey. come on, now. What, oh, I don't know about y'all. What we at over here. Hey, come on now! They filling up that side over there. Hey, where we at? I heard y'all mass section. I heard y'all. Don't worry about it. I heard y'all. Hey, man, there we go, man. Title of my message today is "Working at the Car Wash." There, y'all go. Somebody got it in here. We working at the car wash. I bet some of y'all didn't know, man. I was gonna come to church here by some car wash. <laughs> We're going to ask for, who said we can't have fun in church? All right now. So car wash, I want us to take a guess as to where the first car wash was started. Who could take a guess? Detroit, Wisconsin. Detroit, Wisconsin, okay. (laughs) ain't cold up there. It's snowing all the time up there. They need a car wash. There we go. But somebody said it. Right here in our very own backyard was the first, where the first car wash was started. Detroit, Michigan, 1914 called the automated laundry. See, just like any other new invention or whatnot, it had its early days. Where it wasn't automated, it was humanated. What that means is, hey, man, you had a whole process that it went through. You had somebody that threw water on the car to get it all wet. Then you had someone coming through with the suds and soaps and scrubbing it down. And then you had someone that was at the end rinsing it off and drying it off. Oh, but I might I I add, you also had someone that was pushing this thing through the whole time, (laughs) a human. Can I tell you, probably with no chicken legs in there because it was leg day every day over there. They couldn't skip leg day at Automotive Laundry Service right there. So the car wash. But it brings me to my message today because there's a purpose and a value that we place on the car wash today. There's a reason why, man, it's people who faithfully take their cars to get washed. There are people who actually have a budget line for a car wash. It's right under these hair nails and power tools you got car wash. (laughs) It's people who will not miss having their cars washed. And the reason why we value the automatic car wash so much is because its ability to take what was once dirty and make it clean again. I'm going to say that again. It's a we value the car wash because of its ability to take what was once dirty, messed up, ugly, junky, and make it clean again. That's true. See, that's where we find this, this value in the car wash. I mean, none of us, I don't know about you, I don't know, but I don't go to the car wash and expect my car to come out the same way I went it in. I took it in there. I don't know about y'all. I mean, I don't know nobody who sits out there, watch their car go through the car wash and start saying, hey, you know what? I don't want that to be clean. Start putting dirt on your car. I don't know if you do. If you do that, hey, come see me because we need to check you in somewhere because there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Nobody leaves the car wash and expect their car to be the same way it is, especially if you take your car to Mrs. C's. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of money over there at Mrs. C's. See, my wife tell me that she went to Mrs. Seas and got our car washed. Man, I run out there quickly and say, I start checking car seats and underneath the seats, I got to make sure they got all the goldfish and Skittles and everything. I'm checking the undercarriage, making sure the muffler good and everything. I need everything shiny and clean. It needs to look different. And see, that's why we value the car wash, because of its ability to take something that was once dirty, And make it look new again. And I know it may seem like I'm driving home this car wash analogy, but this is what Paul is doing here. He's trying to get a uh, response to these people in chapter 6 right here in Romans. Because we just ended off in Romans 5 and he's talking about justification and that we have been justified through Jesus Christ into new life. But now he starts off chapter 6 addressing a misunderstanding or a potential misunderstanding that these Roman believers may have had. And so he starts out right away. If we look at this misunderstanding that we had right here, starting off in 6.1, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that what? Grace may abound or in that word abound means or increase. It says he, he picks it up again in 6.15. He says this thing twice. He says, What then? Are we to sin? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? You see, there's a misunderstanding here of God's grace. And see, when we look at this, what's basically happening here is these people are saying, okay, God is so gracious. We, we, we learned from Romans 1 through uh, 4, Hey, I mean, 1 through 5, God is just so gracious. And so they're thinking, okay, if God is so gracious, can't I keep sinning? I mean, if I sin, don't it make God look good because he got to come and show up, give me more grace? Won't his grace abound? So they're thinking, "Hey man, I gotta. I mean, I would be doing God a favor if I keep sinning." I wonder how many of us may have that same mentality. We said, "Well, well, if, I, if God is full of grace, if He's just a God that's fully full of grace, hey man, you know, can I keep continue going on through the divorce process just because I've fallen out of love with my spouse? I mean, He's gracious; He'll send me somebody else." Oh, oh, God is so gracious. I mean, I can keep lying on my taxes. I mean, ain't He gracious? will not I be doing Him a favor with my sin? Hey, oh, God is so gracious. I mean, I can keep having sex with my boyfriend or girlfriend outside of marriage. I mean, He's gracious. Hey, I can keep being hateful and, and greedy and nasty towards people because I mean, ain't God gracious? Don't I have a license to keep getting dirty? Don't I have a license to sin now? But Paul gives an emphatic answer to it both times. He says, by no means. <laughs> he gives him the Cat Williams face. <laughs> Are you serious? You want to keep sitting? by no means, Paul says. But we got to understand why Paul is saying this by no means. Because when we think about it, I don't know if y'all heard this yet, but uh but hey man, God don't need any favors from man. God is all, a God is God all by himself. Hey, if God needed a drink of water, he can drink an ocean and fill it back up because he's the water from what the well, he's the, he's the well from where the water comes from. If God got hungry, he can make himself a thousand hamburgers because he's the owner of a thousand cattle on the hill, if you're reading your word. That's what my word tells me. I mean, if God just so happened, to want to clout chase and get his Instagram followers up. All he had to do was put together himself on earth and put seven billion plus people on it and put himself in everything. So to always want to desire who he is. That's true. See, God don't need our favors. God don't need help from man. He's God all by himself. So that's the first thing we got to understand. But the second thing Paul is trying to get him to say is, Hey man, you are supposed to be dead to sin. You see, through what Jesus Christ has done, if you're in Christ, then you are dead to the power of sin. You see, if, you, if you've been looking at uh, Romans 6, you will see that Paul mentions uh, over 10 times, he either alludes to or he mentions the word about being a slave to the power of sin. It's like he's trying to sound the alarms to something. He's trying to ring a bell and say, hey man, I need you to focus in right here because if you don't get this, If you don't get the fact that, hey, you are in need of God's grace, then you're going to be in trouble. See, that's why baptisms is so important because of what it symbolizes. See, when we go down in the water, when we go public in our relationship with Jesus Christ, what we're saying is, hey, I'm dying to my old self. I'm being fully immersed into the water to symbolize that I'm dying to my old self and then I'm resurrected up out of the water to show that I am alive in Christ. Just like Jesus did. Jesus was, res- Jesus was immersed into the ground and to the grave, died to death, hell. And he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and then he was resurrected back up. We too should be like that in Christ. And that's why baptism is so important. And I'll drop a, I'll drop a line here for it because next week we have baptism. So if you've, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then your next step of obedience is to be baptized, to symbolize that, to go public and say, hey, man, this is what I want the world to know, that I'm dead to that old life, and I'm alive in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So if that's you, hey, man, get signed up afterwards, man, after the service and go public in your relationship with Jesus Christ, because we need to start fully immersing ourselves and being fully obedient to what God, God has called us to. And so once we get that misunderstanding, those misunderstandings taken care of, then we can step into an understanding of what God's grace is really for. And there's two parts I want us to see of what God's grace, uh, that, that God's grace has. And the first part I want us to see is that God has a saving grace. God's grace is a saving grace. Look at Romans 6, 4, the end of it, 6, 4. If you got your journals, Bibles and stuff, Open them up. If you haven't, look here, this is an open book uh, class today. So keep them books open. We're going to be in that scripture a lot. So if we look at the end of 6-4, it says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See what that verse is showing is that God has a saving grace. This is the grace that that shows that through Jesus Christ we can be cleaned up and able to be able to enter into this new life and so if we don't if we're not able to enter into this new life, then we can't do what this next part is to start considering ourselves. see this is what we miss it at church because there's so many of us that think I'm in Christ, but now i'm still feel like I'm bound. It's all because you don't consider yourself. With this new access through Jesus Christ's new life, we can begin to consider ourselves or count ourselves alive in Christ and dead to the power of sin. See, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And can I tell you, one of the most devastating dilemmas to be in is to be enslaved to your thoughts, to be free but not truly be free because of how you think. You see, there's so many of us that live in this tension right here. We live, we're alive in Christ, but in our minds, we still captive. We still think these thoughts. That's why Romans 12 says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Can I tell you, we can, we can stay stuck in the cycles of sin even as followers of Jesus Christ. Do you know we can be sent, We can be freed by Jesus and still wreck our marriages? We can be freed by God and still mess our children up by how we speak to them. All because of how we see ourselves. See, we can be freed by Jesus and still live a life full of sin because we don't fully consider ourselves or count ourselves dead to the power of sin and alive in Christ. And can I tell you, that's a horrible life to live. That's a horrible way to live, to be free in Christ, but not know and think that you're free. I wonder what are your thoughts about your freedom today in Christ? What are the things that you are saying over your life? Because, see, that's one reason why I love Romans 6 right here, because it gave me the understanding and the knowledge that I could be set free from the power of sin. I didn't have to keep using myself. Sin did not have to have reign over my life anymore. We can take the chains off of our brains, church, yeah. that sin has the power of sin and the thoughts that we have. We can start thinking new thoughts. We can start thinking free thoughts. We can start saying things like, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not below. I am loved and not alone. I am forgiven and set free. I'm made new. I'm, wor- I'm not worthless or abandoned. I'm redeemed and I am royalty. See, I wonder how many of us are saying those things over ourselves. Or are we saying things like, you know what? Life will never be good for me. Yep, I know Jesus, but I got all this bad karma, all this stuff I didn't did in the past. I, you got all of these thinking, thinking up here. And God is saying, I've set you free. But you ain't truly living free. Because to be truly free, it has to start in your mind. The Bible says that who the Son sets free. As free indeed. Who the Son sets free as free indeed. So if Jesus has truly set you free, then you will start thinking free. Let's look at the second part of God's grace. What is the second part of God's grace? See, God also has not only a saving grace, but he has this empowering grace. There's this empowering piece to His grace. So let's look at Romans. Jump down to six twenty-two, verse uh, chapter six, verse twenty-two. It says, "But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and it ends eternal life." You see, God's grace gives us the empowering. To not choose sin anymore, but to start choosing holiness and righteousness. This is what His empowerment does for us. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know if you—who's tried being holy lately in their own strength? Have you tried being holy lately? I don't know if you've tried it lately, but I mean, I, I have and I mean, it's hard to do in our own strength. If you got it, man, I need you to come talk. If it's easy for you, come talk to me and help me understand how to do this holiness easily. See, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know if you said this or you heard people say this right here. You've heard people say, hi, man, God, if you don't show up, God, I'm about to dot, dot, dot. Oh, my God. God, if you don't show up right now, God, I'm going to snap, crackle, and pop on these kids right now. I'm telling you, God, if you don't show up. God, this co-worker here, God, if you don't give me the patience, I'm about to, oh, God. Yeah, we, we said things like that, right? Yeah, you know what we're saying right there? We're saying, God... God, you got to empower me to do what's holy in this situation. God, I need your empowerment. I already got your saving grace. Now I need you to help me empower me to do holiness in this situation. You see, God is working at the car wash. Yeah. And he's trying to get us cleaned up. And that word sanctification, that is the process that he uses to clean us up. And the Holy Spirit is the head man in charge of that process. The Holy Spirit comes in to sanctify us, to get us all cleaned up. And sanctification has two uh, definitions that I love that, that works perfect with this here. When you look at the word sanctification, you look it up, it says to be free from sin. And then it also says to set apart to a sacred purpose or To a religious use. So if I I, if I have something to give you so that you can take away this this for, I I want you to tell you this sanctification is the act of being freed from something and freed for something. Sanctification is the act of being freed from something and freed for something. And what are those things? See, sanctification is the act of being freed from the power of sin and being freed for holiness, and a purpose and use. You can't have one without the other. When God gives you His Savior, when He sanctifies you and He cleans you up, sets you free from sin, it's not so that you can go live it up and get back into sin. It's not so that you can just stand stagnant in life. No, there's no third option. Hey, you're either slave to sin or you're a slave to Christ. You become a bond servant. You choose to give your life over to holiness and righteous living. There is no in-between. So God is saying, I'm cleaning you up so that you can be freed from sin, the power of sin, but I'm also cleaning you up so that I can begin to use you. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to give us confirmation here. It says, in a wealthy home, and it'll be up on the screen now, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. Now check this out. The expensive utensils, are used for, there we go, somebody's tracking with me, special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Some of y'all out of that china set, you know that china, you go to people say, they got that china set, you don't touch that set, that's special. <laughs> Them utensils come out for a special purpose. And can I tell you, God has created each and every one of us for a special purpose. Some of you wonder, hey, man, why do I just feel like, man, I'm just throwing away and I don't get used for the special purpose? Hey, because God is trying to clean you up for that purpose. And you got to realize it because if you don't understand it, then you will just say, okay, yeah, I'm not clubbing no more. I'm not living in uh, sexual morality. I'm not drinking or smoking anymore. But hey, what am I doing? I, I, what am I supposed to be doing? God is saying, I need to, you need to continue on in the process so that I can put you to special use. And see, I want, us to, I want us to hear my heart here because what I don't want us to do is leave away from here and say, well, okay, I'm not supposed to sin. I'm not, I'm not going to sin no more because God is, uh, man, he's cleaning me up. or whatnot. No, that's not what I'm saying because the sanctification process does not mean that we won't ever get dirty again or we won't ever experience the temptation of sin or things like that because we have a sinful nature that is always going to crave sin. It's going to always want to crave or desire to do these things. But our desire to indulge in them, that power that sin had over us, it should be dead. So let me give you you something that you can take away to leave with this. Hey, we don't become sinless. We don't become without sin when we we turn over to Jesus Christ. No, we desire to sin less. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Get your claps out because I'm going to burst your bubble because I know some of y'all thinking, okay, What sin less means, hey, okay, I wanted to cuss out 100 people yesterday. Okay, now today I only want to cuss out 80 people. I sin less. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Hear me? Hear my heart? Hear my heart because some of y'all are going to start giving yourself a pat on the back. Yep, I didn't do 85 up there. I didn't zoom past that person today, but tomorrow. Look, it's just like a body when a body dies. It's dead, but it still has to go through the process of decomposing. And so just like that, our sins, when we died, when we in Christ, baptized in, the, in, the, in Jesus Christ and we start living for him, like we're dead to the power of sin. We're dead to the power of sin. But our desire to sin is decomposing. So we should desire to sin less and less and less because the Holy Spirit is bringing up that conviction. Anybody felt that Holy Spirit conviction? It's different. That Holy Spirit different. That Holy Spirit conviction make you sweat. <laughs> It make you sweat before you want to go do something. The Holy Spirit going to make sure that you know, hey, man, I'm cleaning you up. This ain't what we in the car wash, baby. We're going to do that in here. But see, he's trying to clean us up to make us sin less. And why does he want to make us sin less? Because we can start coming alive in Christ. Because that's, that's the trade-off. Because as I begin to sin less and I'm dying to this sin nature, and, and, and saying no, and the Holy Spirit is, is, is changing me, then I'm becoming alive in Christ Jesus. I'm being transformed. See, that figurative woman or man in the mirror should be becoming transformed and start looking more and more like Jesus Christ each and every day that we allow this process to work. And now as I get ready to land this plane, man, Doug says it all the time, man. He says that sin never reaps a reward or a profit. It always has a cost, man. Yep. Sin always, I know we I know we want to dilly dab in sin. I think oh, it's just a little sin, it's just, man, it's just a little, it ain't that big or whatnot. But man, sin never reaps a profit. It always has a cost. And you know what our cost is in this case, man? Paul is saying, your cost is death. He says, Romans 6:23, he says, the wages of sin. It's death. You want to know what death is? Because some of y'all think like, well, I'm sinning right now. Why I ain't fall over and die right now? I know some of y'all thinking it. I should be dead. No, 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 no. See, death means separation from God. So anything that is separated from God is dead or either in the process of dying because it's not connected to the source that gives life. So you can be in Christ, but you can, or not in Christ, you can be set free by Christ, but still have death in your relationships, still have death in your finances, still have death in your purpose and still have death in your thinking. You see, God is a holy God and he has a process that we must freely choose to surrender ourselves to. That's what Sister Stacy told us in, in Romans 3. We must become bond servants to him. We must choose to give our lives over to him because he has a process that he's trying to get us through. And I know some of us say, well, if I give my life to God, why can't he just make me perfect? Why can't he just get me through the process? See, we want perfection. But God is saying, I'm not about perfection. I'm about process. See, because the true growth comes in the process. We will continue to be babies in our faith if we don't submit ourselves to the process. See, go to that picture about the process. See, oh, yeah, that's what the process is going to bring. The process is going to bring some pain. The process is going to be some things that, hey, we don't like because the process breaks down our will. The process says, okay, the Holy Spirit is telling me I can't do this, but I want to do it. It's pressing down on your will, and it seems heavy. Some of y'all are going to look like that spiritually when you're going through the process. It's beating you down. But it's not to destroy you because John 10.10 10 says the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I come so that you may have life. And life more abundantly. You see, you want to know why God wants to send us through the process? God wants to send us through a process so that we can grow in our intimacy with him. See, if we don't go through the process, we can't learn how to hear the voice of God. We can't learn how to be close to him. Because in this life, you will have suffering. What you're going through now, it could be the last thing you go through. So if you don't learn how to hear the intimate voice of God and get near to him, the next time you have to go through the same cycle of I got is saying, we don't want to do that. Just surrender and submit to the process, and we can work this thing out. God is trying to work on some of y'all in the process. Stop getting upset. Stop getting mad. Stop trying to fast forward. Go around and under the process. Man, go through the process because he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to grow a relationship with you. He's trying to get you in tune and cleaned up for a special purpose he has for you. He's not about perfection. He's about the process. And in that process, you can start becoming sensitive to the world around you and know how to step into people's needs when you're at the grocery store. And the Spirit won't leave you alone because the Bible says that God speaks us to us in still, small voice. I'm so glad he do that because some of y'all's parents, you got to yell, huh? Tell your kids, hey, get in here and eat this food right now. And it's kind of like they're right there. It's like, wait, I'm right here. What are you doing? Yelling. But no, no, no. God speaks in a still, small voice. And you won't be able to understand that if you don't go through the process to know his voice. So when you're in that store and, man, that person is crying and weeping or that person not even showing any emotions, affection, but God says, go talk to them. Go help them pick out the right cherries right there because you know how to pick watermelons and cherries. You go over there and help them. And now share the gospel with them. Ask them this question or whatnot. God will do that when we become sensitive and have an intimate relationship with them. That only happens when we go through the process. God is looking to give us each and every one of us abundant life, eternal life. He has a process. There's going to be a leg day every day in this process. But it's all so that we can come alive in Christ. I wonder how many of us want to come alive in our relationships and in our families. you want to come alive in that? How many of you want to come alive in your finances, huh? How many of you want to come alive in your workplace and community? Hey, man, how many of you want to come alive in your thoughts, the way you're thinking about stuff? Some of y'all losing the battle because of your mind. But God is saying, I want to give you that. I want you to come alive in that. Church, God is working at the car wash. And he's got a process, man. He's saying, man, all you got to do is trust me. I know for some of us it's scary, man. I know it's uncomfortable, man, giving your life to Christ and following him and all of that Jesus talk, all of that stuff. I know it don't make sense to you or whatnot, but that's what the process is for. He going to share all of that with you. Stop being resistant towards it, man. He's got greatness for you. He's not looking to destroy your life. He's looking to take each and every one of our cars, our lives, and he's looking to set us free from sin. He's looking to clean us up so that we can be used for his special purpose. And then he's looking to give us what Paul says, the free gift of eternal life. How do I summarize that? He's looking to justify you. He's looking to sanctify you. And ultimately, he's looking to glorify you. That's what his process does. Justification, sanctification, and ultimately glorification. And so I want to challenge some of us today before we wrap up. My challenge today is, hey, man, if you're already in the car wash, if you're already in the car wash, you've been in the car wash, that's great. But, hey, man, I need you to start asking God, hey, man, what do you want to do with my life? How do you want to use my life? Some of you are in the car wash and ain't doing nothing for the kingdom. You got your light covered up. And God is saying, that's not why I freed you from the power of sin for. I freed you so that I can use you. I didn't free you so that you can sit on the shelf and become dust. I got a special purpose for you. So some of y'all that's in the car wash, I need to challenge you today. You need to ask God, hey, man, where are you trying to use me? And some of y'all don't be trying to go all big time or what. And I know some of y'all, oh, God calling me to be next uh, 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 um, uh, Denzel Washington. Like, no, wait, slow down. God is calling me to be the next pastor. I'm telling you, step out. No. What is the next thing he's telling you to do so that he can use you? And then my challenge for the ones who haven't gotten in the car wash, or if you've been in the car wash but you backed out of the car wash, hey, man, this ain't for me. Can I tell you the car wash is the best place for you? Because God is working in that car wash, and he's a good God. He's a good father. He's got good plans for your life. So I don't want anybody to leave here or go another day without being in the process. Hear your brother, I got in the car wash and God did amazing things with my life. I would have never imagined that I would be in the place that I am now. All because of this car wash. God washing me up and using me. So today, let that be your decision right now. Say, yeah, I'm getting in the car wash today. Bump everything, I'm getting in the car wash today. Because I believe what Pastor Kevin's saying right there, that he's got a special purpose for me and I can be set free from the power of sin. Get in the car wash. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're doing a mighty work in and through your car wash, through your sanctification, God. God, you're not looking to just justify us, God, to bring us out so that we can just, uh, man, stay stagnant in life. God, you're looking to bring us out so that you can use us, God. God, we have, if we have life, we have breath in our body, there's still a purpose on this earth for us, God. And so I want us to get it all, God. I want us to experience that abundant life here and now, God. Experience and engage with life how you intended, Lord. But I pray that my brothers and sisters, and myself included, be willing to go through the process. The process of growing in a relationship with you. A process of growing intimately with you, God. A process of uh, you using us out in the world, God, to help others, God. Help us stay surrendered and submitted to the process. No matter how hard it gets, let us stay in the car wash so that you can ultimately bring about the glorification from our lives. Lord, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all his saints said, amen, amen. amen. Give Give God a hand clap of praise there if you love your God. Okay, now I got a few things uh, from our uh, uh, pre-service prayer, man. They had a couple of things that people may be struggling with here. And so um, they heard that, hey, man, someone may be needing prayer for a current pregnancy or unexpected pregnancy. Uh-oh. Come on now. And hoping for a pregnancy. Uh-oh. Somebody trying to be fruitful and multiply here. Huh? Okay. Okay. The second one is marriage strength. So, someone's needing prayer for their marriage to be strengthened. And then the third one is parenting skills. So, just strengthen your parenting skills and things like that. If any of that resonates with you, uh, we have a prayer team down here that'll pray for you. If you're online, what up, my online people? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, if you're online there, I just had to give them some love. I feel like we never give our online people love. You know what I mean? So, uh, right there. Hey, if you're online, check it out. Hey, there's a there's a, a post that'll pop up there with a number. That will uh, at the bottom of your screen. Thank you, Dwayne, right there. That'll pop up at the at your bottom of your screen that you can call and you can be placed in a room and someone to pray for you. But if none of that resonates with you, none of that there, If the message resonated with you, if worship resonated with you, and you just want to pray, you want prayer or whatnot, you want to get your heart right, man, come down and be prayed for. Man, that's what we want to do. We want to pray for our people, our trained people to be down here. So, hey, that's all I got for you guys today. Make sure you come back tonight for Trunk or Treat at 5 o'clock here tonight. Come with your costumes on, ready to be hungry for some candy. And so, man, thank you guys so much for coming out. Y'all have a great rest of y'all Sunday. Don't pack the car wash up too much now. (laughs)